Hey everybody, it's your old pal Leslie. Uh, we are doing an episode of Fangs Flicks this week with comedian Jake Flores on the movie Heathers, uh, which if you're not familiar, is a cult classic from the 80s that deals with and more importantly kind of satirizes the act of suicide. Um, and we here at Fangs HQ just wanted to put a content warning up top just in case that is not something that you want to listen to. We totally get it, totally understand. And uh, we'll be back to our regular content in the coming weeks. So thank you all so much for listening. And here we go. podcast where we collectively wonder what is your damage heather <laughs> um, i love it i know corn nuts corn nuts that's just that should have been my intro or i just said <laughs> corn nuts and then i just died corn nuts um, good night everybody yeah i'm kate <laughs> my pronouns are she her or they them i have my red scrunchie on um <laughs> today we're doing a fangs flick instead of buffy and it's the, I like have two dates, uh, 1988 and 1999. I mean, 1988 and 1989. Uh, oh, okay. Cult, yeah, the cult classic Heathers. Woohoo. Um, yeah, and I'm joined by my co-host, Leslie. Hi, I'm Leslie. Uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm in the Hellmouth of Boston for another 14 to 15 days. Until Leslie moves in with me. Yeah. <laughs> we should just, we're just going to keep that joke going. Yep. <laughs> um, what color scrunchie would you wear? Uh, like lilac. Okay. Mm-hmm. I guess mine should be black. <laughs> to match um, everything, yeah. Yeah, to match all my other clothes. Um, we have a guest. We do have a guest. Would you like to Who introduce are you? yourself? <laughs> Who am I? That's a good question. <laughs> um, hi, my name is Jake Flores. I'm a comedian. My pronouns are he, him. I'm lurking in the back of the cafeteria of this podcast. <laughs> Wearing a trench coat. Duster. <laughs> yeah. Waiting to intervene. <laughs> so you're not wearing a scrunchie? No, I'm wearing a duster. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. We're talking about Heather's. Um, it is one of my formative Kate movies. Um, I watched it, I just, just telling Leslie, I watched it every weekend with my friends in like freshman and sophomore year of high school. <laughs> um, so if anyone wants to know why, why my damage like is, yeah, what is your damage, Kate? <laughs> it is that I watched Heather's every weekend, um, with my, with my extremely wealthy friends um so it kind of <laughs> fucked me up yeah i bet yeah 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 there's a lot to talk about there yeah um, um but yeah i would love to know like what everyone else's history with heathers is yeah if you have one jake do you want to go sure i think i watched this um 
probably late in high school or maybe like right as I was out of high school. Um, I remember watching it and thinking a lot about um, how it was really edgy and it felt Mm kind of like wrong that it existed because of Columbine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I knew that, uh, so I get, you know, Columbine, this movie comes out in 89 Columbine happens in the 90s and I think I remember thinking like oh they're gonna like wipe this movie from existence because uh Christian Slater like wears a a duster you know a trench coat or whatever in it and it's very much like uh making light of things that I guess it felt like uh you know in retrospect after someone actually does this the the response from the government and from American culture is to go like, oh no, the movie caused that, so we have to mm-hmm. stop totally. tell- showing it to people rather than address the actual problems or whatever. And I guess I would very much put it in like the category of watching like uh, like kids and like Requiem for a Dream mm-hmm. and <laughs> all these movies that you felt like you had to sneak a DVD of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, they were in like a separate room at the video store. <laughs> yeah, so I really liked it because I thought it was like secret. Of course, yeah, <laughs> it's like extremely dark. And if you're like a weird high school kid, I feel like you're like, yeah, fuck all those like rich, popular kids. Like we should, yeah. we should blow up the school. And yeah. then like obviously that becomes a realer thing later. But like. In the eighties and early nineties, it was, it was different. Yeah, <laughs> it's just I mean, different. <laughs> as a fiction, it was I okay. Mean, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was cool. Um, it was also, totally normal. <laughs> I also had an experience with this. I've only seen the movie one time before we watch it, which is why when you asked me which like movie do I want to watch, yeah, this, I was like, oh shit, I've been meaning to rewatch this because I remember it being cool, but like starting to kind of get fuzzy and. uh I think we'll probably get to this later, but there are there are multiple endings to yep, this. That were there are. Yeah. I feel like I might oh, have I didn't seen know that. one of the other ones because I don't remember it ending the way that it does. And I, I do feel like you might have filled that in, like with some sort of maybe you like heard about it because I don't know if they ever showed the other ones, but we can talk oh, about it. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah, got a got a bootleg copy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like how Leslie claims they saw the butthole edit of Cats. I'm just saying, (laughs) but I don't know. I'm just saying. I went opening night. I I I was drinking heavily beforehand, so maybe the buttholes were more implanted. I think. Yeah, you just put the buttholes in there. Yeah, I was doing my own. Yeah, you memory buttholes. Yeah, my own personal (laughs) editing bay up here in my noggin. Mandela um, effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a butthole Mandela effect. <laughs> um, Leslie, what's your history with Heather? So I I could swear that I have watched this before, but I I like in retrospect, I think I just know this movie through like cultural osmosis. Like I know mm. they talked about it on like fucking VH1, I love the eighties or whatever. Um, so I've seen bits and pieces, but I think this is the first time that I have have sat through the whole the whole thing start to finish. So it was uh, it was interesting. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird because it's such. It's possible that like, like Jake was saying, like after Columbine, this became a harder movie to find. 
um, mm. because like I just felt yeah I, it was such a huge part of my childhood um, but I mean you know there's that Buffy episode that's got the school shooter that they like kind of memory hold to a little bit yeah yeah and it's still um, still kicking yeah. around yeah <laughs> um, so like some quick stuff about the movie history um both the director michael lehman and the writer daniel waters they were it was like their first time directing and writing uh respectively right Um, like a feature yeah and then like heather's was a huge flop um new world pictures was going bankrupt when it came out um there were a lot of like one interesting thing is like most of the teenagers in the movie are actually teenagers, which is really c- cool. <laughs> um, they're not like 35 year olds. Like <laughs> I think like Winona Ryder was like 16. Um, so they, they wow. are like true. Yeah. True teens. And like a lot of their agents told them like not to do this movie. <laughs> Um, I think like, like two other people were going to maybe play Veronica and they turned it down. Um, Heather Graham was going to play one of the Heathers and she was like, I think her agent was like, don't do it. Brad Pitt auditioned for Christian Slater's part. (laughs) Can you imagine? I know. Like it's just a totally different movie. Yeah. Um, and then the big one. No, go ahead. Oh, the big one is Daniel Waters wanted uh, Kubrick to direct it. <laughs> Can but you imagine? It would be amazing. Oh I mean, God. it's already a great movie, but just imagine. Yeah. Like, eyes wide shut in high school. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> eh, whatever. Anyway, Kubrick obviously never got back to Daniel Waters <laughs> didn't return his phone call no sadly no um but yeah so that's just like a little history so like the movie became popular through rental it like nobody saw it in the theaters it was a huge flop um i think people just didn't know what to do with it it was like extremely dark and not john hughes like or like sort of the inversion of John Hughes because it's got a lot of the same sort of like tropes. Of yeah, high it's like stuff. It, yeah, it's like a perversion of of that because by by eighty eight, like John Hughes was in his prime, you know. Yeah, like everybody everybody knows a, a John Waters movie in, in eighty eight. So to take that kind of yeah, like plucky high school, like you know, oh, our problems are so you know life or death situations and then literally make them life or death situations <laughs> like yeah. probably people did not yeah did not uh jive with it i imagine it felt like it was trying to like be a john hughes movie a little bit but in this like kind of adorable way where it didn't understand how monstrous it was because like i was thinking about the movie better off dead a lot when i was watching it mm-hmm. and uh-huh. how like that's kind of the same movie but the jokes are about the main character like dying and like uh (laughs) suicide and like for some reason it's funnier you know if you've something happens to you but just flipping that dynamic inside out and making it about murder is so much less like cute but like (laughs) 
I think it's cute, but it's like <laughs> fucked up. Like it doesn't have the same. Um... I think it's cute, but that's because something's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Teen murder, adorable. Um, <laughs> adorable. Yeah, I think it's like, um, and like the thing is, is like John Hughes movies now, when you watch them, are totally monstrous. Like there's like incredibly fucked up like sexual politics and like racism like super weird class politics like the the like um various like sexual assault that happens in this movie is like pretty it's not like unaware of it i think it's very much like oh this is like just sort of the random sexual assault that you'll experience as a teenage girl whereas like in john hughes it's like funny or it's supposed to be funny yeah i i noticed that too like they they weren't trying to make it like like teehee isn't this so you know cheeky and cute yeah they're trying to say like no that's not okay (laughs) like yeah yeah or just that it's like this is just like your average night out with a bunch of popular guys in Ohio. Yeah, that like people are going to be like like the guys are going to be drunk and probably try and assault you. Mhm. And you're going to like have to tip a cow. <laughs> <laughs> or wa- or pretend that tipping cows is fun. <laughs> um I wanted to talk about like the so this is like the, re- you know, kind of end of the Reagan years. Um, and I feel like that plays a huge part in like the roles that the teenagers play in this movie. Like the way they dress, their like power hungriness, sort of the way society, like they're not like rebelling against their parents, really. No, even um like you said earlier, like even uh christian slater's character jd who is like supposed to be like the rebel like he he is essentially the antagonist of the movie Mm -hmm. um he talks all this shit about like oh you know parents blah 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 i don't have i don't even think about my dad like or love him or whatever but like him and his dad are exactly the same because he wants to blow up the building and his dad has also blown up a building many buildings many buildings yeah for his like um his like redevelopment purposes but like yeah you're not it's funny like and and that happens in in like real teen life you know you think you're rebelling by doing something bad or whatever but it's like you're really not doing anything yeah yeah like his dad is a adult sociopath yeah (laughs) yeah there's a really funny moment in the movie where uh what i what is winona's character's name veronica Veronica, (laughs) winona because she's winona but that's fine (laughs) uh veronica meets uh christian slater's father god damn it um (laughs) jd's dad jd's dad okay (laughs) she meets both of them and uh she asks jd like do you like your father and he like responds by going i've never thought about it which is really funny because he's supposed to be the archetype he's playing is supposed to have this obvious conflict with his father and he's the obvious the obvious part is he's probably supposed to not like him theoretically or at least like trope wise but what's funny is that yeah because i think of like the background of like all this reagan stuff is like 
no, he actually does like the guy, and he is like not a uh, like a motorcycle rebel without a cause guy. He's like this new weird prep version of a an evil black jacket guy. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Is like you can talk about like oh teen anarchy and and angst or whatever all you want, but like nobody in this movie is poor. Like Veronica's not poor. Her parents have that huge house that they spend all day on the veranda eating pate. Oh God, good lord! Yeah. Um, like the Heather's are obviously very rich. Like JD's dad is a fucking like redeveloper. Like his house is insane. Like probably the only person who is poor is uh, Martha that I can. <laughs> and that's just me like doing some kind of uh, Ao3 fan fiction for her. Cause right. <laughs> I felt really bad for her. Oh God, yeah. But yeah, like, so you can't say like, oh, I'm like, like, what could you possibly be rebelling against when you have been given everything, you know? Yeah. And like, JD's kind of like a libertarian rebel. <laughs> like, he's like an an like an ANCOM. ANCOM. No, ANCAP. Sorry. Not an ANCAP. ANCAP. Yeah. <laughs> ANCAP. Like, doesn't stand for like, his rebellion doesn't really stand for anything. He doesn't yeah. have like particular reasons. He just likes pure chaos. And like his dad does too, but his dad is like extremely successful. Like there's no it's not like he's like, "Oh, my dad's fucked up and like he's a capitalist and I am not a capitalist. I don't want to do that." Like he's just like, "I just want to like murder people and blow shit up." And like my dad's <laughs> kind of like that too. But he's successful at it. Like, he's made a good living out of, like, murdering people and blowing things up. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that? You bring that up, the ANCAP thing, is that the next year, 1990, Christian Slater started a movie called uh, Pump Up the Volume. Oh, which yeah. Is a, another like a, fantastic movie. <laughs> yeah. It's a, kind of similar teen high school uh, off kilter version of a John Hughes type thing. But it's very ANCAP y because, like, he, uh, he plays a like a, a high school kid who does pirate radio and he sort of takes <laughs> over the school with his pirate radio station and the enemy in the film at the end of it is the FCC. So there's this weird, like, <laughs> you know, at the waning Reagan years, like kind of, I don't know, like the realism is all bent out of shape and w what people are able to dream about at that point in America is bizarre. Cause it isn't, socialism anymore it isn't ending the vietnam war it's just like this vague idea of freedom through being a weird christian slater guy vibing <laughs> yeah i think like rebellion is mostly aesthetic i guess like at this time i mean not to say that there isn't like a left at all but like it's pretty like hard to beat find down. yeah mm -hmm. it's super beat down um you know like it certainly doesn't exist as part of this society like in suburban i guess like a wealthy suburban ohio town and so like you know i guess it shows like some kids who are like not popular and are just kind of like it seems like the kids who and i remember this from being a teenager like a lit like a few years later than this but like the outcasty kids were more just like burnouts and like we would just hang out and listen to like goth 
music and stuff like that. But we didn't really like <laughs> believe in any. Like it was a time that you didn't really believe in a lot. Right. You know, there wasn't a lot to like believe in, which is a real bummer. Um, and like you can see it in this in this movie, even though it's like people are trying to rebel. There's like, what are what are you rebelling against? Like, yeah, what like what's the... the end goal? You know? Yeah. Um. And, like, Veronica says at one point, like, basically, like, she doesn't like her friends. Her her life at high school is, like, a job. And her job is being popular. And, like, <laughs> that's what her job, that's what all these kids, like, you know, if all the Heathers lived, <laughs> like, their job would continue to be something like that as they got it to be adults. Yeah. Yeah, it's all very Gen X, you know? Um, yeah preps kind of uh don't i don't know everything's divorced from meaning in like you know kind of a, a postmodern way or whatever mm -hmm. uh the the you know the preps have a vague concept but like this you know this ennui about it about what they're supposed to be doing and then this guy that's running up against them ideologically doesn't have like any kind of counter project other than you know, I mean, what do Gen Xers like believe? You know, they don't really have, they're not like us, you know, they're not like in organizations and trying to change the world materially. They just have like this, you know, vague idea of authenticity and stuff like that. And a good creative illustration of that is blowing up a high school, I think. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, what are, yeah, what are you saying in blowing up a high school? Like, you're murdering a bunch of kids. But, but like he does a Joker speech, at, you know, when he does. Yeah, it, he talks about <laughs> he's totally yeah. the Joker. <laughs> he even he sounds like jo you're Cr right. Christian Slater sounds like Jack Nicholson a little bit like. Early. Oh, 100 percent. He actually like... was intentionally. That was another. Oh, is that what he was fact. doing? That was another funny fact about this movie. He was intentionally doing a Jack Nicholson impression. Oh, my God. And tried to get Jack Nicholson to like also like watch the movie and sort of <laughs> give him. <laughs> like feedback <laughs> yeah and i think jack nicholson was just like uh Get whatever here, <laughs> you idiot <laughs> <laughs> but you're right yeah he is the joker yeah everyone's the joker i mean it's like it's, <laughs> the, the yeah, we're days, all the yeah. people's joker yeah <laughs> there's a reason it's such a popular like thing and trope or whatever it just kind of reduced a bunch of stuff it was already happening i think it's interesting jake that you talk about like yeah, there is really no collective in in the eighties and and especially in this movie because like I I wrote I wrote a tweet and it was like kind of a joke but uh, the more that I think about it it's like yeah this, this is true um like Heather's is what happens when you try to use like indivi individual solutions for like systemic problems cause, absolutely like, totally the the you know they talk about their Kate you brought up this can you talk about this article that you sent to us what oh it yeah so um i found an article by scott long and i could not i did so much like diving into trying to figure out like what scott long did other than write a couple of articles that are on jstor but i could not find it um but he read this article called from nightmare in the mirror adolescence and death of difference and like a lot of it is basically about like how teenagers in the 80s aren't rebelling against adult norms um 
And so like, it's almost like adolescence, like adolescence obviously is a period of time that's like invented, you know, like we just need to define a period of time in society between being a child and being an adult where you like learn how to be an adult from being a child but it's not like a, it's not like objectively a time um like like different societies will come up with like different you know like periods of time for this yeah Um, and there's a there's a section oh i can't find it now oh uh yeah so uh he says for for the high school a miniature society in itself a terrifying tiny town um it governing process is one of categorization so everyone ossifies into a type so like what what i was thinking is like because they talk about it too you know they they think oh if they kill heather chandler then everybody will be nice to each other and we won't have this like weird hierarchy and be you know i'll be miserable Mm-hmm. Um, but then they do kill Heather Chandler and nothing changes. Or right. They even, like a new they get Heather even, like, rises. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and they say that they, they say like, uh, you know, I think Christian Slater is the one that says it. it's like, if you, you know, you cut one down and another one just like comes back in its place, you know? So yeah. they're, well, yeah. So Veronica and JD are trying to solve the problem of the school of the society with, uh, with like, more like yeah like hyper individualized methods instead of more like collective action right yeah and like this high school i think in the in the article too it says it's like the high school is like a laboratory for the production of social roles yeah so it's like the kids in heathers are like not necessarily they're not really resisting they're like confronting them as a adults and then they realize their lives are like kind of as empty as adult lives which is really fucking sad yeah but, um <laughs> but yeah like they're you know if you try it's like i mean we all know this because we have like materialist uh like understandings of um society rather than like individualistic understandings but like yeah you kill the top person at the school who you think is an asshole of course somebody's gonna rise to that spot yeah because you're not you are not uh you're not not solving the root issue yeah exactly yeah yeah like jd is kind of a terrorist you know yeah (laughs) he is yeah like politically like his his theory of action is just like violence and he even says like uh you know that he's he's intending to use fear and he's i can't remember how he puts it but he's he's explaining to veronica at one point uh you know if we just scare them enough then they'll act a certain way but it like demonstrably doesn't work because Mm -hmm. of material realities right and and on the on the opposite end of that is the the hippie guidance counselor so there there's a scene where uh you know everybody in in the on the school board or whatever is ignoring the hippie guidance counselor and then another uh, another student dies the two football jocks 
And they're like, you know what? We've we've tried everything, or we tried nothing, and we're still out of ideas. So <laughs> let's um, <laughs> let's let hippie teacher, you know, do her little like love in or whatever. And there again, like she's just saying all this stuff and like making the students hold hands, and then and then for some reason, uh, a a like camera crew, a TV news camera crew shows up in the cafeteria while they're all doing this, but like saying absolutely nothing of substance. Right, they call it. So where they call it the new happiness, the new happiness, which is just such like crazy media speak for nothing. It does. It it sounds like it needs to have like a TM in the corner. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't mean anything. You know. So yeah. So JD's on one end of this with the fear, and then uh, hippie guidance counselor is on like the love end of that. Yeah, and Veronica's like, I at one point she says like, we tried. JD's way we tried the teacher's way and like I don't want either one of those like neither of them works and like I mean obviously the like spectacle of it all when the TV cameras start coming in and everyone starts talking about the about first like you know the first Heather Heather one um, Red Heather (laughs) like you know they give her depth. They like turn her into a person that she wasn't actually. Yeah, saying all this shit about like, like oh we you know we uh, shared textbooks and math or whatever or like share swap clothes and stuff. Like no, you fucking didn't. Right, and everyone turns it into a story about them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, that is kind of spectacly. Yeah, right? I was trying to figure out where to put that because that is an interesting thing that this movie comments on. It's just like death and how you know, and I mean, this is like so true. Is when someone's alive, you treat them like shit, and then when they die, you immediately just perform that you were they meant so much to you and they they were your best friend and stuff. And that like, you know, this is like a, a very funny black comedy in that sense. That it like mm-hmm. really. Uh, it really starkly shows you that and you know in the context of high school where everyone's so socially immature it's just really over the top (laughs) but like that happens over and over and over again and it doesn't really mean anything but it shows you like what that function is what uh why these kids are, are doing that with you know each of the people that die yeah yeah i thought one of the funniest ones was like the yearbook guy he was oh, yeah. like, I used to date Heather and she broke up with me because she said I was boring. But now I know that like I wasn't boring. She just had a lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> or even God, like uh like when they're they're like bending over her her casket or whatever and they're like internal monologue. It's like one student after after another. Like one of them is like uh, you know, I know I prayed for her death every day, blah, blah, blah. It's like, and then other guys like, oh, how do you, how could you take away such a fantastic rack or whatever he says? It's like, <laughs> still like just completely making it about themselves. Like they've never once cared about this person. Like it's all so performative. <laughs> right. Like, cause their goal isn't to be actually friends with Heather. Their goal was to be like in proximity to Heather. Yeah. Because they're because um, the proximity is like what makes them visible. There's another motif going on here. I was curious what you guys yeah. think about because, like, uh, what, so when this is happening, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about right now is illustrated at the one of the funerals 
where uh, whenever anyone goes and kneels by the open casket, the movie gives us like it makes us privy to their prayer. And then Mm -hmm. the prayers get increasingly funny because they're like, (laughs) you know, just they're just like um, the person bargaining with god or not understanding what a prayer is or whatever yeah but there's this whole like weird christian uh afterlife thing going on with jd where he's saying like um you know if we can't uh you know this or that if we can't if the things can't work here then maybe in heaven or something like there's oh yeah he does say like everybody's equal in heaven or whatever and there won't be any like um yeah, like hierarchy. Yeah, so he like kind of imagines himself to be do- like um, doling out this divine retribution sort of oh, thing. Oh shit! Yeah. Um, but then also, I was thinking a lot about like uh, how Christianity kind of plays into um, the material structure of society. Like, there's that old song, "The Preacher and the Slave," that old like Depression era folk song, where he, the guy singing is talking about how like. Uh, they promise you pie in the sky when you die. And it's like an old worker song. It's about mm-hmm. how like the, don't listen to the preacher. He's bullshitting you because they're uh, they're imagining, you know, they're, they're controlling you by imagining all this stuff like actually uh, actually, you know, justifies in the promised land. Mm-hmm. And like, is he what's going on with him? Is does he believe that actually or is he just lost his mind? And like, that's part of it. Hmm. Well, I feel like this would be a good time to bring up one of the alternative endings of this oh, movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, please. Um, yeah, so they, one they of... did some like clue shit to this movie. Yeah. So one of them is that the high school does actually blow up and everyone dies and there's a prom in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> and I everyone is dancing that. like you know nerds are dancing with popular girls like you know so it is the idea of this like leveled out sort of world um and like the studios were like we cannot do this (laughs) (laughs) we we cannot release teen teen explosions yeah but then of course the question is like did the writer does the writer actually believe that that's what it would be like in heaven? Or is that also another like part of just sort of like the dark comedy of it that like, this is what, this is what people believe happens in heaven. And like, it's so sad that like, how tragic is it that like a bunch of kids need to get blown up? (laughs) for like point yeah something to like society to be leveled like that's not how that works also i have to point out that the the preacher is also from beetlejuice which is oh yeah Yeah, perfect cast perfect casting yeah the the like church scenes are so like gothic and intense they do get like progressively weirder yeah (laughs) like I guess to like really like highlight like the craziness of it, like the whole basically the whole town, not just the high school, but the whole town's kind of like going in a in a a, a spiral, you know. Yeah. Well, one one of the last church like funeral scenes is extremely weird, but then you realize it's not real; it's like a right. dream. 
that yeah uh, it's one of veronica's dreams because she's like like heather one is there and like smushes her face into a a like thing of spaghetti oh yeah which is incredible <laughs> um uh. but yeah like you're and then also in the the church scenes in the first one um the uh, also <laughs> um blames video does what does he say video games he says like video games are responsible for i think this. he does yeah which is you know which is very 80s 90s yeah that tipper gore shit yeah like satanic panic shit that's really funny because it's 1989 so like what are video games at that point <laughs> just lip pong a little <laughs> Yeah, because like uh, I I don't even think the first Mario game came out in until ninety one. I want to say it was eighty eight in Japan, but I don't know. Well, yeah, these were rich kids. You know, they just had they had yeah they get the imports. The, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe but they meant like true. pinball. But it's interesting that yeah, it's like um, the adults. All the adults in this movie are like fully fucking checked out and either like completely missing, like in a way where it almost seems like Heather one has her own house or like just like they did too much acid in the 60s and now they're yuppies and like they just eat pate and like are just so detached. Yeah. 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 I liked um, I liked how they did like the kind of. Uh, juxtaposition where she has a scene with her parents like you know laughing blah 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 and she's like well I gotta go get ready for the dance or whatever the party um, and then they have that same exact scene except she's like well I gotta go get ready for this funeral mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the parents like yeah just have no no emotions at all yeah and they just like eat pate they love <laughs> pate they love pate in love this pate. Movie. Everyone's like, is that pate? And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. It's such a signifier of like being a rich kid, I guess, because like, yeah. I feel like you would never eat pate as like a teenager. No, it's cat food. It's gross. And then, but if you're a rich kid, you'd be like, oh, well, I've been eating pate since I was a child. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to think about, yeah, I'm still thinking about this like Christianity. Thing if like JD truly believes what he's saying, or if it's just like part of the chaos, he's using it to justify like ending people's lives in a way mm-hmm. where he's saying that, like, um, you know, all the injustices and stuff that are happening are just like temporary, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I guess something like we kind of move past it's a basic premise of the fucking movie so it you know we it's it's already like hanging in the air but i think it kind of bears <laughs> repeating is like the reason that she, veronica like teams up with jd to begin with is the first thing that we kind of learn about her is that she hangs out with the heathers she's like part of the you know the little ruling clique of this high school the top of the hierarchy but she just she kind of openly hates them she's like lamenting the whole time and like sighing verbally and you know is resigned to like these people fucking suck but i guess this is just life and then yeah 
this weird uh new student or whatever kind of comes on the scene and disrupts the order of everything by like pulling two guns on a couple of jocks <laughs> very funny scene that shit was hysterical Pre- they were just oh blanks jake <laughs> <laughs> pre-columbine pre-9-11 like that's insane i'm sure yeah, it was meant to not... be insane back then but the yeah. like it's so taboo now the idea yeah you could that... not get away with that shit yeah and they were like he's not gonna age. get expelled he'll just get like suspended for a week <laughs> like, no big Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah the like the fact that it's considered just like a prank or whatever is so funny but she finds it really charming and she kind of goes oh this is the only person in this school who's decided to like who also um you know is saying it out loud who's like yeah. an iconoclast and can see that that something is uh actually wrong with this situation and so he's almost like he's a science fiction element or something he's the thing that comes in and you know is 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 different and has the they live glasses and stuff um (laughs) but but then it's like his his uh his response to that is to send everyone to heaven i don't know it's pretty it's weird he's like johnny cash or something yeah because i think (laughs) at first like you know uh i think she yeah she's charmed by him and thinks he's like another like it's reference that she's like extremely book smart and you know she's always like writing in her journal with like a monocle which (laughs) i feel like is like another kind of just signal to like how she's a little bit of a like intellectual weirdo yeah a little different yeah and like her friends don't read they don't really care about like you know like intellectual pursuits but like she's smart and like when she first sees jd and like asks him the like stupid lunch question he's like that's a stupid question and like i know from being a teenage girl that like immediately i would have been like what are you doing later (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like that's extremely charming to someone who is like Everyone here is fucking so stupid, and I hate it here so much. Do they ever? Because they they establish that like Veronica kind of was like taken in by Heather Number One. Yeah, but like, do they establish like why? Because like she, like you said, Jake, she openly hates them, and like you know, tut tuts at them, and like rolls her eyes, and yeah, like talks shit about them. But like. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like not not weird enough. <laughs> I would just be like, then leave. Like, you I think can just she wa- you can just walk away. For- I think it's like the same way. Like the Heather's all kind of fill a role. Like she mm. fulfills something for them. Like she makes them kind of like higher end in a way. I know that sounds horrible, but like she is very. She's just, like, one of those, like, high school girls that you're just like, what's going on with her? She seems real cool. Because <laughs> she's Winona she fucking so cool. Ryder. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, would you not want her in your clique? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, why Why would Veronica want to stick around? Like, yeah, I, guess- I mean, I think the I- same way, yeah, it's like, it's the 80s and everyone thinks of their everyone thinks of like their high school as like a mini society with 
to climb, I guess. Yeah. And she, like, I guess is just as much as she, like, tries to maybe deny it or or ignore it, like, she's clamoring for, like, that close proximity to power just as much as everybody else is. I think so, yeah. Huh. I don't know. Jake, do you do you have a take do you have thoughts? on that? I don't know. Yeah, I think that's, like, maybe she's, like, a kind of weird self-aware intelligentsia type or something. Mm-hmm. Like, knows... Uh, that the system that she lives in is bad, but also knows that she's like trapped inside of it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, she still wants to go. It's like, she knows it's bad, but she like wants to go to Stanford. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to transgress. Too she's much. like definitely caught between two worlds. And the thing where she hangs yeah. out with JD, the period where she hangs out with them is like, you know, she's tempted to kind of stray away from the way that she normally lives. And then, you know, sees like actually what his intentions are and then i i don't know that she goes back i think that she goes to a third thing um the monocle is very funny thank you for bringing that up i forgot that that happened it's so it's such an amazing touch it's crazy yeah yeah i like that you said that she she goes to like a third thing because you do kind of see that when she starts hanging out with at the very very end when she's like hey martha do you want to hang out on prom night or whatever i thought she was gonna ask her to the dance and i was like that would have been so fucking cute yeah but um oh so can i bring up can i bring up the next alternative ending yes speaking of martha so in another ending veronica asked martha to go like watch the movies on prom night and Martha stabs Veronica and is like, fuck you, Heather. <laughs> and Veronica's like, I'm not Heather. I'm Veronica. Wow. I would have liked that. That would have been some like revenge in the nerds type shit. It's pretty funny. I love that. <laughs> Why didn't they use that one? I know. Yeah. I like that one. Can you imagine like if they did? I mean, it would be Do so a little fucking jump scare cool. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I do appreciate, like, at the very end, you get to hear, like, Martha talks and, like... Yeah, finally, the you entire get to, like, movie. And she has, like, the most wonderful, like, sort of calm, lovely voice. She's just like, I'd like that. I'd like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love her. Yeah, what do we think of, like, how Martha is written? Like, do you feel like it's, like problematic Um, or like well done you know yes because they call her like dump truck and all this stuff and like blah 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 but i i kind of appreciate that they didn't go like uh, almost overboard if that makes any sense like they didn't really you know she wasn't like physically harmed or anything except by herself when she runs into traffic um oh martha poor martha yeah um, that happened to me one time in high school, by the way. Somebody wrote a fake note about, uh, like, and made it, like, signed my crush's that name. fucking sucks. Like, and then, like, gave it to me. Yeah. So I was like, hey. And he was like, I don't know who you are. I was Ew. Like, so, yeah, I, 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 like, 100%, like, felt Martha's character the entire movie. I was like, that is me. That's my whole deal right there. I, like, made attempts to be popular. I dated a really popular guy. Who I, oh, think I think just like wanted to see that, my yeah. boobs. Yeah. yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, I was, I like basically look exactly the same as I did when I was like 13. So, 
Um, yeah, and I like dated a guy who was like a like captain of a like the hockey team, and I thought that my <laughs> proximity to his to popularity through him would get me popularity, but instead it just made everyone hate me more because oh, they were no. like, "Why is David dating that fucking loser?" Oh no, um, <laughs> that's terrible. I know, right? Isn't that horrible? And then. Um, he turned out to be a real weirdo and like had was like extremely like overbearing and like it was like one of those things like you know how like in romantic comedies you're like they've never established why these people like each other it was that kind of thing where I was like I've never established why I like this person (laughs) and he was like I love you and I was like why how that's physically impossible yeah so we broke up and then I went to the like the dance with a friend of mine and it was much more fun. But yeah, I I don't remember even where I was going with this. I just went on a weird tangent more of a dump about truck. Weird yeah. Dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be a thanks for the memories episode if we didn't go off on a tangent. It's true. <laughs> about someone I dated in high school. <laughs> oh, the other thing that well this is another stupid thing. Um, the like it giving her shower nozzle masturbation material for a week. <laughs> That's how I figured that out. <laughs> oh, I is that how you figured out you could do that? I remember distinctly being like, "Wait, what are they talking about? <laughs> oh, what do they mean?" Yeah. Um, I learned a lot from this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun and entertain. It's fun and yeah. informative. It's edutainment. It's edutainment. Exactly. <laughs> they should show it in health class. <laughs> um, I would love to talk about like the aesthetics, like the formalism of this movie, because it's so like definitive. It is really like it's got really good lighting and stuff. Yes. It looks yeah. really cool. I the... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say the uh the like I don't know second act or whatever uh I don't know exactly where this goes plot wise but when uh Veronica and JD start like hanging out and it before it goes south it like everything's in neon and stuff when they're mm-hmm. like hanging around gas stations and shit and buying corn nuts it <laughs> looks really cool and they look really cool they do yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say like um like god y'all i miss color in movies <laughs> they yeah. should really bring that back um yeah I like i'm like really movies. tired of this like this sepia tone like grayish bullshit mm-hmm. um yeah, I yeah, I the color definitely like hit it for me. It was so bright. Even like, you know, yeah, like moments of like nighttime or or whatever. They still had like these these blues and purples and stuff. Like, goddamn. I, I just bring it back. Yeah. And like, you know, every like the heathers all have like their color that they're known for. Um Yeah. And like when when they go to Heather one's house um you know and and veronica thinks they're going to like give her something disgusting to make her barf after her hangover like with her hangover and then Mm -hmm. 
and like JD is like, no, we're gonna kill her. Um, <laughs> they go into her room and she's sleeping on like it's like a like virgin on the half shell yeah. kind of bed. <laughs> it's it's one of those beds that you see in those like nineteen fifties roadside novelty motels. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like this was cla- like high class in the eighties. Like yeah. satin bows, um, like that kind of like look. And like she is sleeping in a double-breasted brocade coat <laughs> which i think is supposed to be like a nightgown yeah but like it is a... fully like a coat <laughs> that's how rich people sleep is in an entire yeah, so yeah. i don't know i've never been around before. one of them yeah i i think it's funny that like <laughs> they make a point about it being in in ohio when it is so it feels so like new england preppy yes it does you know yeah. with the yeah the blazers like you said and i, I mean think it's i grew up in fairfield county so yeah, yeah this so is you like you know fully my yeah the world i grew up in yeah <laughs> exactly and um yeah if you're talking about like sartorial choices i think what's what's interesting is that even just looking at veronica like if she had never said a word you just look at her and you get such like environmental storytelling because she is wearing a lot of the same stuff that the Heathers are, you know, the the matching tights and like the shoes with the little like kitten heels or whatever, um, and the blazer sometimes. But like she's really kind of schlubby about it. Like she doesn't tuck her shit in, her hair's kind of messy. <laughs> so she's like she is like like you said, like riding the line between these two like worlds. And you see that just in their costume choices. Another aesthetic, uh like a style choice in this film that's not visual but it's a uh, verbal it's a writing choice that uh i enjoyed quite a bit and totally forgot about is the like white teenage slang oh <laughs> uh, my god oh, yeah how very the scene where they're like oh we're gonna mix her like a really gross drink and then jd is you know you know he's working it towards no no i'm gonna just feed her turpentine and kill her or whatever <laughs> they're like fucking veronica is like oh what if we like hawked a, a phlegm globber or something is what <laughs> phlegm globber it. yeah <laughs> and then when they wake her up she's like oh what'd you do hawk a phlegm globber in yeah. my drink they're like can they all say this a phlegm it's globber. so funny it kind of reminded me of this Twitter thread I saw a while back on like it was like a black Twitter thing where the somebody was sarcastically kind of ironically praising how white people used to talk, which is all <laughs> like this, like, um, uh, you know, put in like a like a put your what are the what are the fucking things like um like 80s mall girl speak like grody. Yeah. And like fucking i'm 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 drawing a blank right now because i'm thinking of putting your fingers into an l on your forehead which is from that smash mouth song <laughs> oh yeah or <laughs> like a thing w you do, like for yeah. whatever yeah <laughs> oh god uh fuck i i'm just drawing a blank on this there's like a million of them but yeah. um this movie is like full of these hilarious things which is weird because it has such a dark undertone but yeah. it's just cut constantly by them being children and being like you know what's your damage and like oh you know <laughs> this guy's got a fucking some insane term for a boner or something 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He says something crazy. I can't the crazy now, thing yeah. about so like a lot of the slang in this movie, yeah, like you're right, Jake. It's like totally some of it is made up entirely, and some of it is like, oh, like the director heard like one person saying it, and they were like, "That's really funny. I'm just gonna steal it." <laughs> That's how um, teens speak. Yeah, and like the crazy thing is like it made my friends like my teen friends like we talked like heathers because we liked heather so much but we didn't talk like that before <laughs> so wait was it was it like an irony thing that became non-ironic because that has happened to me before no i mean i think we still knew it was like ironic but like my friends and i would definitely be like fuck me gently with a chainsaw like we said <laughs> that, that all the time that's a good one. And like oh. that is absolutely a made up thing. Yeah. <laughs> it it reminded me of like how like the cliche is gag me with a spoon. So it's yes. like what is the most extreme way that we could convey that sort of same sentiment? You're right. Yeah, it's like Valley Girl speak times like 10. Yeah. Uh I remember one I was I was yeah. actually thinking when I was watching this I was thinking about this and I was like, man, you know what's so funny is in, in all these movies the jock will say sit and spin oh yeah never heard anyone say in real life <laughs> and then i was as i was thinking that it happened in the movie one of the guys said that to like one of the oh yeah he's fl- he's flipping on the bird yeah yeah and then he kept saying he was like oh man i wish heather i i'd love to get heather and veronica to like spin around on my johnson or something oh like god that's <laughs> like dude what the fuck are you guys talking about johnson johnson is such like an 80s 90s word like yeah yeah how did that even cut i would love to hear i want to like read the the, <laughs> the etymology of, of yeah johnson, johnson. <laughs> um oh god is it from lyndon b johnson oh, oh i don't know did he that have would a... make sense. He was always showing everyone his dick, yeah. And he had oh. a huge dick. He wanted everyone to know, so he was constantly taking it out. I don't I know. Swear. Well, yeah, I'll have to do some research. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, and all the teenagers, like, the popular teens, the 80s were so fucking weird because it's, like, the popular teens dress like women like 70 year old women going to tea (laughs) you know it's like it's so anti-rebellion preppy kids have always been like that yeah it's weird i mean that's literally what like prep like what that means is that they're preparing for like you know this next phase of life where they're gonna like rule the world or whatever yeah um the preppy kids in like texas where i grew up you know all just sort of wore like this you know pop collar polo shirt sort of bullshit and but i remember at some point somebody pointed something out to me i thought was kind of interesting which is in the south you'll see a lot of these few a lot of these guys will wear like salmon colored stuff and like Mm -hmm. pink shirts and it's because they're (laughs) like they're doing a neo version of like the dandy thing that was like what their parents and grandparents dressed like back when they were like plantation owners and shit yeah yeah Yeah. that stuff never goes away no, prep is like um there's actually a really interesting like I'll do a podcast plug. Um there's a a <laughs> podcast called Articles of Interest that has like a whole season oh, yeah, about yeah. ID 
League um, style. Mm. Um, and it's super interesting because, like, at one point it's adopted by, like, black jazz musicians. Like, it's really popular in Japan. Wow. Like, it's super wild, like, how it, um, like, gets dispersed. Um, but, yeah, like, the prep in this... It's it's not like classic prep. It's like very very dolled up, like overdone, like you know. Yeah. Also, well, it it also uh, it's contrasted so well by Christian Slater's yeah, like, uh, you know what do you call it, duster trench coat thing, because um, he comes out of nowhere and he's like an army brat kid. And they're immediately like, like the two jocks just see him and they're like, oh, we have to like d- attack this guy because yeah. he's, he's very aesthetic is like, uh, you know, it's disrupting. It's like trying to make a you know a joke out of like everything that's happening here while they're wearing like their Letterman jackets and stuff. I also mm-hmm. remember watching this. I th- So I a, a girl I dated like in high school and i think like you know right out of high school showed me this movie and i kind of i kind of remember remember now why because part of it was that i dressed exactly like this character in high school (laughs) (laughs) i totally got what he was going for i thought it looked cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, i get that i don't know yeah i don't know where that stands in like the in the scenery of the eighties or whatever, what exactly he was doing. But it seemed intentional. Oh, very much. Yeah. Like I think it's extremely intentional, like how he styled himself in opposition. And like you were saying, Leslie, like Veronica is slightly in opposition in that she like wears black and like dark blue. Yeah. You know, like she's mm-hmm. not she's not like sunny. Like right, Heather, yeah, she's like not the like- Heathers. Yeah, like peacock colors, you know. Yeah. But she's not fully in that yeah, in that like yeah, kind of burnout looking look. Right. <laughs> um there's something that JD says at the end like when he's like preparing to blow up the school and you see like Veronica walks through the hallway, you know, and she and like the new happiness is behind her, this big banner and um he says that blowing up the school would be like a Woodstock for the eighties, <laughs> which is an incredible line. Yeah. Which is also funny. Like thinking, you know, being in 2023 and knowing that Woodstock 99 exists because that was a fucking shit show. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's all Fred Durst's fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Fred Durst. <laughs> it's really um, not, but like, I do love that everyone blamed it on Fred Durst. <laughs> um, um, But yeah, and like the Woodstock, like, so these are like, you know, kids, they're like older ex kids. So their parents would have been to Woodstock, which was a, which, you know, like the whole thing of boomers is that like, it's a big fucking disappointment that they went to Woodstock and then all turned into yuppies. And so like, what is a Woodstock for the 80s look like? Um, Blowing up a school. Yeah. I was gonna say band aid, but you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> we are the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, the eighties are so depressing. What it's did he mean by that? <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know what he meant, but I feel like it's so full of like references to like, yeah, like the disappointment of the 60s, the emptiness of the 80s, you know, just like the nihilism of of like being a teen, I guess, at this time and like not just playing along with like the social order of things. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. No, but I, I love that line. Like, I think it's so good. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, Woodstock was a promise of, like, utopia that didn't happen at all. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like a, a, a yeah, like a, a, it has hope in it. You know, everybody who went to Woodstock was like, oh, I, you know, this is so hopeful that we're going to affect social change and get out of Vietnam and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, yeah, to say this is going to be the Woodstock for the 80s, it's like, well, that didn't do anything either. So neither, I think, would blow up this, would, um, you know, blowing up the school, not really do anything to change, you know, the actual status of anything, status quo. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's, like, a really, like, charged statement. And, like, I love that he says it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's also a goofy teenager who's, like, wrong about stuff. Totally. So it's funny that he delivers his line because he believes something about Woodstock and something about <laughs> something. what this <laughs> is going to do, you know, and this is how this is going to be a version of it or whatever. Right. And, like, you know, he, like, he watched, like, there's this whole thing about him where he, like, really in, like, an extremely, like, flat manner talks about how his the last time he saw his mom, like she also committed suicide, but also was it kind of murder? Right. We should talk okay. about that. That's an important yeah. part of this. Because I was going to say, I was like, is that what happened? Because so, I mean, sure. Yeah. His dad blew up the building that his mom was in, right? Yeah. Yeah. His dad demolishes buildings because he's like a developer or whatever. And when they, he's, they're like, they've moved from city to city to city. One of them's Dallas. And he explains the story at one point that, his dad demolished this library in Dallas and right as they were about to demolish it, his mom walked inside, looked out the window and waved at him, which is why he's like insane, I guess. Yeah. It's part, part of his origin story. Um, I thought that when he explained it in full the second time in the movie, I understood it and I thought like, oh, this is kind of interesting like, what they're trying to do with this. It, but the first time he mentions it in the film, he just goes, um, uh yeah i had a mom i saw her uh last time i saw her was her like waving at me from a a library in dallas yeah and i for a second thought that he was referencing the jfk assassination That's what I thought too. <laughs> yeah. you're like i, I had like, a mom her minute. name was jackie kennedy yeah <laughs> <laughs> or like fucking lee harvey oswald or something yeah yeah <laughs> like what I mean, maybe there's a reason why it's Dallas, like that you're supposed to kind of like, I don't know. No, I don't think it even makes sense on a timeline or anything. Yeah, you're right. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was unintentional. Um, Yeah. But his thing of like having uh, destruction imprinted on him and it, you know, associated with like his mother and then him having this. You know, I mean, maybe that's what's maybe that's supposed to be the the story is that he is an adolescent. He's having an Oedipal, you know, adolescent thing where he's like repeating all of this stuff that imprinted on him, and it's 
mashing together the destruction mm-hmm. of buildings uh you know the romance and stuff he he's pursuing this woman and he's like let's destroy a building together right i mean that is pretty hot <laughs> it's fucking cool yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> great date idea i'd get into it at first yeah and then be like wait you're serious <laughs> that's exactly what happens in the movie i mean exactly yeah you know yep yeah and then she's like wait a minute i thought you were like a rebel you're like an, a psycho you're just psychotic yeah and yeah. I think it's kind of implied that maybe that's why they move from city to city, although it might be his dad's job. Oh, yeah. Oh, you think he's, yeah, going around. He keeps blowing up blowing schools. Up schools. <laughs> I don't know. He keeps <laughs> trying to blow up a school and, like, some chick keeps stopping him. He's like, God damn it. Maybe not the exact thing. <laughs> no, that I happens, know. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I got to stop talking to these girls first. I think what I'm getting at is he's Eyes a on the prize. Child. Oh, yeah, he is, he is definitely a problem child. <laughs> when did that movie come out? Oh, I think like 96. Oh. That's a good movie. So that could be JD's son. <laughs> it's a, you know, uh, trauma is cyclical. Yeah, generational. Yeah. Generational. Mm-hmm. Um, well, do we have any final thoughts? Anything we else oh, want I have to talk one, about? One final thought that is like a sicko thought that I just really loved. <laughs> that okay. Veronica and JD both lit cigarettes off of each other's bodies. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. that is cool. It's super is... cool, isn't it? <gasps> Man, are they really 16 in this movie? <laughs> like the actors? They're yeah. supposed to be. Yeah, I think they are actually. Like I, th- I think they were... They were pretty young. Uh, that I haven't had to do since Game of Thrones, which is actually look this up before I can say whether <laughs> oh, oh they're boy. attractive or not. I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's their story, like their love story, is fucking. It's hot. It's like we. It's goth, you know, yeah. high school shit, man. Uh, that is weird though. If she was 16, because there's that scene where she's like fully clothed and goes into the shower and shit, and it's kind of gratuitous. oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rose McGowan was in Doom Generation when she was like 16 or 17, so oh, things were different in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we didn't respect children. <laughs> no, no, yeah. Google Blue Lagoon. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I just thought that was like kind of an amazing. Yeah, they're kind of like the proto- like Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Well, I was gonna say Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They like to... that is a hundred percent something that they would you know, do. She yeah, she burns herself and he he lights a cigarette on her like yeah. scarring hand. I support their love. <laughs> oh I yeah, I it's, think it's the purest you know what? one there is. You guys- do what you want to do. Yeah. I have no idea if they're even still together. I don't I either. So. <laughs> don't keep up with that shit. Yeah. Uh. Uh, also, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Westerberg High School was definitely, like, officially named after Paul Westerberg. It's not like I'm I'm claiming that. It really was. Wait, it, it really From was? From the replacements. Yeah. The high school in the movie. Oh, is that like a little Easter yeah. egg? Yeah, I mean, it's not an actual high school, but like they did name it after him. 
Oh, I was thinking about that when I was watching. Yeah. I fucking love the replacements. Yeah, me too. <laughs> oh man, that's so cool. Yeah. God um, damn, what a cool movie. I know, right? <laughs> what a great. What a great time at the cinema. I'm yeah, having. having a wonderful time. I love Teen <laughs> Suicide. Um, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Yeah, like the like the song says, don't do like it. Big fun says, teenage suicide. Don't do it. Wait. What's up with that? We gotta talk about that for a minute. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, is that a real song? That's a song. No, right? it was written no. for the movie. I yeah. feel like I've heard it before, though, because someone took it from this movie and then they just put it on Spotify or something. Oh, that's possible. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah, they do that. Okay. Yeah. So there's, but there's a fictionalized like hit that's part of the yeah <laughs> the like positivity culture surrounding all of this. Yeah, and they want to play at Westerberg High because they want to spread their posse message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Um, one thing about that whole part of the movie I thought was really funny was like uh, the fact that the first couple of kills they make where they um, they fake it to look like suicide just creates... Um, like a mania about suicide because a couple of cool kids committed suicide so yeah. then they don't even have yeah, to continue almost... killing people because it just becomes in vogue to commit suicide exactly yeah it becomes trendy right and like if you do it badly then you're like it's it like proves that you suck yeah. Like oh martha, yeah because they say yeah because martha lived. does it badly and then like the yellow heather like tries and it doesn't and like veronica stops her but she's like mm-hmm. well i would do like she basically says like if some if people told me to jump off a bridge i i would do it <laughs> damn peer pressure yeah. is a hell of a drug yeah because she's sad that the last guy she had sex with turned out to be gay and, and died <laughs> and also died yeah and also died <laughs> yeah i mean <clears throat> not to like overly analyze this or whatever but i guess something i was thinking about when i was when that part came up was the nature of like conspicuous consumption and stuff like that and how like in the 80s uh, oh, with the evian bottle <laughs> yeah. yeah because their lives are so um meaningless that the things like consuming commodities like gita board tells us in society mm-hmm. the spectacle become like way too meaningful they become like, yeah. the only meaning so they successfully turned suicide into a commodity like that and it's it's really funny the the reverse of that is when they frame the two guys um and make it look like they did a murder suicide because they're mm-hmm. gay lovers. They put a bottle of mineral water water <laughs> out with them, and it's the opposite <laughs> of conspicuous consumption. That's the thing you're not supposed to consume uh, in you know in the Midwest where everyone yeah. drinks beer all the time and shit. That means you are gay, and you know. And they call it homosexual artifacts. Yeah. That's what um, <laughs> yeah. the <PD> calls them, <laughs> and like like as if you would in your suicide with your gay lover have a little like gift bag of the things that that represent you (laughs) postcard of Joan Crawford oh my god that one was so funny that was a good one and I'm like JD you know a little too much about gay culture (laughs) (laughs) well you know he did say he lived in uh, in Dallas yeah you know (laughs) 
Dallas. That's true. He's extremely <laughs> well traveled, so he probably yeah. knows some gays. He know he knows a thing or two. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Like yeah, suicide becomes like the it thing to have. You know, it's like a like a bag or it's like a trend. Yeah. And then suddenly there's this like incredibly ridiculous, like innocuous song by like a really goofy eighties pop band <laughs> where they like they're like, Yeah, this is a message for all the teens out there. Don't do suicide. <laughs> meanwhile it's like yeah but we know like all the kids at westerberg high know that suicide is like for the cool kids yeah it's like a cool thing to do yeah what a movie (laughs) what a movie uh jake thank you so much for coming on the show (laughs) we appreciate it um do you have anything you like to plug anything you got going on you want to talk about thank you for having me anytime Yeah, yeah of course oh the 23rd in brooklyn here in bushwick my podcast, Pod Damn America, is doing a roast of the Republican debates, the first of which is happening on the twenty third. That's oh, happening already. Yeah. Fuck. Wow. It's gonna be real dumb. Oh, um, man, it is gonna a, be real dumb. That's at Silo. Uh, the second of September. Me and my friend Jamie Peck are putting on a show called The Woke Mob at TVI. We're writing the entire thing open and close. It's like a weird variety show type thing. Should be really fun. Um, and the tenth, Minion, Death Cult, Antifada, and Pod Damn America are doing a live show. I think what we're doing is the second round of the nine eleven Eve, since we keep getting booked on nine ten. <laughs> no. um, all that stuff is on my social media at Feral Jokes on everything. That's it. Cool, Sweet. cool. Um, yeah, and you can check out all of our stuff, our links to our social media, Patreon uh, link where you can get extra special After Dark episodes of the show and get the episodes, you know, on your podcatcher of choice. You can check it all out. It's under one roof. You could just go to fangs.zone. And um, we'll catch you next time on Fangs for the Memories. Yeah, see you, suckers. See you, suckers. Ha, <laughs> suckers. <laughs>